This is The Coolest Show brought to you by Hip Hop Caucuses. Think 100%. It's the coolest show you know. Keep the culture connected. It's the coolest show you know. In your ear, yeah, respect the expert level information, entertainment, education. Rev here, what got you covered as you hit your destination? Climate rules everything around me. Cream. For those who lost focus, close your eyes and just dream. Open your third eye, now the world is your off. Coolest, coolest show you know. It's the Hip Hop Talk. Everybody, this is Rev Year with host of the Coolest Show. And this week we have an exciting episode because it's kind of on the heels of Climate Week in New York City. And what's crazy is that, um, depending when you're listening to this, you are you probably have seen that one week after Climate Week, New York was flooded and it was had to declare a climate emergency. So let that sink in. We we people were marching in the streets. And then a week later, had to declare a climate emergency. So the issue of climate adaptation, if our cities are really ready for what's coming down the pike, is real. So we need to get ready. But with that, I, I have somebody with me who was not only who was not only amazing for so many different reasons, but she was one, as you remember, was one of the co-hosts of The Coolest Show and season one and season two, I believe, and is still out there doing her thing as an artist, none other than the actress, Anthony, and singer, Antonique Smith. Hey. What's going you, on? Rev. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. It's a lot going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, wa- I want to get right to it because people don't know, Anthony came back and she was kind of our person on the streets. She went, she was at the first march not too long ago in New York City. Um, a couple of years ago, and then was now one to come back, was one of the influencers, one of the folk they put on the billboard um, out there. They had her and Mark Ruffalo and many, many, many others um, on the billboard. So she came back to do that, help out to just raise awareness. But also, she actually grabbed the mic and got some context. We're going to get to some of that. Uh, mm-hmm. But before we get to that, I actually just want to make sure, because some, some people may, you know, now we're in season five. And so, for those that don't know, who is Antonique Smith? Who is Antonique Smith? Um, I'm a Jersey girl, uh, and a uh, very proud Jersey girl, by the way. Mm. East Orange. Um, I'm a singer. I'm a film, television, Grammy-nominated singer. Come on now. Don't forget uh, that part. Hey, come on. Hey, come on. Uh, a film, television, and Broadway actor. Um, I've been blessed. It's been a blessing to be able to share my gifts in those ways. I think, honestly, that's why God put me on earth, um, to touch people, to move people. Um, and then that led me into being an artivist, which I used those same gifts to more fo- in a more focused way to bring um, awareness, information, and inspiration to, to, to have people act mm. Um and, and my, my focus has been climate and environmental justice and social justice. But I think my main focus has been climate and environmental justice for sure. And using my and now using my gifts to, oh man, on hands on deck. We got to get everybody in this movement. Um, that's, right. that's just all there is to it. And so that's, that's, that's another way that I've been. So that's a part of who Antonique Smith is. And um and I'm so happy to be here. Nah, again. So, so glad <laughs> for you to be here and then obviously share the interviews that you did. And, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned Artivist. So, for, for those who don't know, you should know this. Listen to the coolest show. But for those who don't know, okay. and Artivist is a combination of an artist who is an activist um, and is doing Artivism, hence being an Artivist. And so, yes, Anthony Smith is without a doubt. Uh, a phenomenal artivist. Um, and with you, that, you know, Anthony, what's, what's the story, you know, of you and your role in this climate movement? So uh, first, I have to thank the caucus um, because you guys are actually ha- how I was introduced into this movement in 2014 when you were doing the album Home, Heal Our Mother Earth with a bunch of other amazing artists. Shout out to Cross, and, one of the producers uh, now of out the hey. coolest show. <laughs> Shout out to Cross. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, y'all asked me to sing a song and I, you know, I'm a singer, so I'm gonna sing the song. But before you let me sing the song, you were like, we got to sit you down and, sh- and, and really explain to you 
what this really is. Like, mm. this is not just an album. Mm. No, we're not just singing songs here. Um, not that that's a bad thing, but this is this is this is something really, really different and important. And when you started to explain to me that things like Superstorm Sandy, which we survived here in New Jersey, and Katrina, and and uh, you know the the power plants that I, I live less than you know ten miles away from my whole family, all in this area in East Orange, um, these type of things was like, wait a minute, so. Climate change isn't just about polar bears and ice glaciers because mm. that's 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 all I was seeing on the news was, you know, and it did not seem relevant because there's no polar bears um, in East there's Orange. No polar bears in East Orange um, or ice glaciers. No yeah, ice glaciers even in winter. Ice glaciers. Well, with, with this <laughs> climate crisis, just wait. You know what I mean? And then you just ne- right? you never know. We might see crazy stuff. It might be some soon, but so at this point in 2014, that all of that stuff seemed so irrelevant yeah. to me. Like, okay, this future issue that sometimes, like, I might not even be alive for this future issue. Like, okay, and there is no polar bear nice glaciers. It's not affecting me or my or my family or my community. It's not affecting my loved ones. Um, I just make sure I stay away from places with ice glaciers. I mean, that sounds like a kind of easy solution. Um, and don't ever, you know, have a, a polar bear. But that wasn't the case. The case was like, wait a minute, right in my neighborhood right today, back in 2014, right? Like people are dying. Millions of people are dying from the pollution that's causing this this climate change. And this climate change thing is actually more serious than you think. It's actually going to have major cities underwater and all kinds of other fires and stuff that we're seeing now that almost feels like a normal occurrence. These floods that uh, Mm -hmm. every week something's flooding. Thousands of people dying here. Hundreds of people dying there. People dying in the fires. I mean, it's, it's now becoming like that's just happening every week somewhere. And that's not something that we should be getting used to. And it's not something that we should be mm. allowing to get even worse because what the scientists are saying is we ain't seen nothing yet. Wow. Nah. Um, um, just this morning, I'm watching the news and Brooklyn's underwater. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, in Libya, uh, like 11,000 people were washed away. Yeah. I mean, these are human beings. Um, and so to hear back then, that the things that we're seeing be a normal occurrence now was something that was coming. Like back then it was like, this is, this is going to get worse. Um, and, and it's not just a future thing and it's not a thing that's irrelevant. Your city, the people who, your family, the cancer that your aunt had may have been, a, you know, a caused by the power plant, your dad's you know, cancer, like all of this stuff may have been caused by them being so close to these power plants and these, you know, and in, in this industrial area. And all of these things are more predominantly placed in people of color's community, black and brown people, um, and, and poorer communities, low economic communities. So I mean, that's where I come from. That though, That's my community. And so to hear that this thing that felt so irrelevant based on the news, based mm. on what the public was taught, yeah. felt like it wasn't something that I needed to be worried about. And still to this day, honestly, we don't hear a whole lot about the pollution in our neighborhoods. I mean, we hear every now and then Flint, you know, we hear every now and then something like, oh, this, this, this big city, it kind of breaks out and becomes a news thing. But this is happening in so many cities mm-hmm. around the country and so many millions of people are dying or, or suffering from cancer and asthma. Um, and we're not hearing about it at the level that it's actually affecting people. And, and mostly because it's affecting our people. Wow. It's affecting the black people, the people who are not you know, rich mm-hmm. and things like that. And so we are kind of the disposable people in, in this country anyway. So that's why I think that's why we don't necessarily hear a whole lot about it. Well, we got to make some changes um, here. We got we got to make, make yeah some we got to make some changes. So this is just the beginning, y'all. Yeah. I, I we we got let y'all know. Anthony is going to be doing so much stuff with the caucus. Shout out to Dawn Rashad, who with artist relations hey. director and yeah. and Brittany and Dream and the whole uh, mm-hmm. you know this this storytelling crew. They got some, we got some we got some dope things that we're going to be doing, Anthony. But I want to get right to these marches because you've been. Anthony, to two climate-related marches. No more. Really? Four. Four. Yeah. My first, That's very first right. one was in 2014. That's right. And I went to the Youth Climate March in 20... 
2015, 16, something that like was that. was in 18, New York? Something like that. Or D.C.? Yep. Mm. That was in D.C. No, there's a, there was another one there's in another D.C. One? That wasn't. So my very first one was in New York. So no, uh, maybe first, five then. No, the first <laughs> one. Five marches. So you've been to several <laughs> climate-related marches in New York City. So including the and most DC, recent march yep. to end fossil fuels, right? So yep. tell us, mm-hmm. now that you have this plethora of experience, yes. <laughs> uh, what was your experience at these marches? And what was notably different between uh, these marches or similar to you? So the solidarity of all of us coming together and marching for the issue that I feel like is probably the most important thing that we could all be fighting for because it's our existence on this planet is people's actual life, their breath, their actual being on earth. Like there's nothing, once you're not on earth, I mean, there's nothing else. So if we don't protect that, then we literally have nothing. Um, so that, just that, that feeling of, you know, hope, you know, coming together with thousands of other people and, and feeling the hope that we can win this fight is a beautiful thing. And that was through all the marches. It was amazing, right? But I noticed that this last one was wonderful, but it was a lot less people. Mm. And that concerned me. It concerned me because I was like, okay, the very first march I went to was like 500,000 people. And then this last one was like 75,000 people. It was a significant, mm. uh, significantly less people. And I wasn't sure if it was maybe because of COVID. Or I, I, I wasn't quite sure. Or, or, if, or if people are just getting a little weary. Mm. I don't know, because I know that can happen. You know, when you're fighting something for so long and then you have a whole administration for four years who literally on day one was like, just cutting up everything, all the progress we had made, which is just undoing it. That can make you weary. And then we have an, another administration who has put us back on track. But I heard his name screamed out a lot in a negative way at the march because there are things that he could be doing that he has not quite done yet. Mm. But it's definitely, Lord, we cannot afford to go backwards to that other administration who is neck and neck right now, which is terrifying. Um so that was the major difference is that there wasn't as many people there. And it just made me wonder, like, okay, what do we have to do to get people mobile, like to get people back, back? Mm. Um, I mean, you're saying so point, much there. That's, I mean, it's, it's crazy because, and I mean, to be honest, the first March, um, which was the first Earth Day, right? Back in, I think, 1970, 1971. You know, that had, I believe, millions in the street. So you're talking about, so so you literally, so literally, you know what I'm saying? 50, 50 plus some years ago, we had, you know, we got, we got millions in the street. Um, And now we're, and now we're going down to like, so, but I think there's also different ways. Also, I think that to be fair, we also know that marching ain't everything, Right. There are different right. ways for demonstration. And so we want to make sure that people don't think that the only way that it is to be successful is marching. Marching is critically important, and um, but there's many ways. But I do want to take this time right now. Um, I want to take this time to play some of your interviews. So okay. for our listeners, tune in right now. This is Anthony Smith at okay. the March to End Fossil Fuels. And these are some of her interviews. All right, we out here, Dr. Dorsey. Tell us who you are, tell us about yourself, and who you're with, who you're here with. I'm Dr. Michael Dorsey, the director and chair of the Robin Melanie Walton Sustainability Solutions Service on the campus of Arizona State University. Yes, yes. And so what do you hope to get out of Climate Week and and, and this March? Well, you know, Climate Week is a really important opportunity for people uh, to come together to advocate for climate solutions, to advocate for sustainability. It's also an important time for people to realize that there's an upside, an accretive side for resources to get money into their communities from the green stuff, the good stuff, renewable energy, solar energy, wind energy. And it's a time for people to make that point to their elected officials in this country and around the world. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what, uh, what happens after Climate Week for you? What's next? Climate Week really is, is one step in a march towards the United Nations climate process. This year is going to be happening in Abu Dhabi. It's going to carry on year on year to really deliver and develop the regulations and rules for a better planet. 
Amazing. We're going to Abu Dhabi. Um, awesome. Is there anything else you want to tell us that... that... It's so great to see you actors like you oh, here you. in this. We really need the voices from Hollywood. We need the voices that you are and you represent. And, you know, peace and love and that struggle on the front lines with the unions because we need more resources for actors because that those you are the critical voice in this movement. So Thank we really you. appreciate you. Thank you, Dr. Dorsey. It's so good Thank to you. see you. Thank you. <laughs>
negotiations wanted the ability to scan a background actor, pay them one time, and use their likeness forever. Oh, wow. Forever in any project. Not just this one project and just maybe one scene. Forever for any project forever and only pay them that one time. Mm. What? Wow. <laughs> kind of craziness is that? So that's one of the things that we were fighting against, but also just basic you know, m- money to for for inflate like the the they're not accounting. They haven't accounted for inflation at all mm. in the um, amount of residuals that actors are getting. So, for instance, in 2024, we're making less in 2024 than we made in 2020 because inflation has increased and our pay has not. And in fact, they wanted to make it so that by 2026 we were making less than we made in 2020. Like it was just going to get worse based on what the offers were initially. So people deserve to be able to make a living wage and certain executives making a hundred million a year Mm. when all they're doing is presenting the actual content that the people who are making pennies, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a, wait a minute now. And the writers, honestly, I don't understand the disrespect of writers. They write the stories. There's nothing without the story. The story is where the foundation is. It starts with the story. Mm. The actors come in and we take the story and we bring it to life, but there is no content without the story. Um, even with um, reality TV, there's a story there. Yeah, there's a story. There's a story, <laughs> there's a, there's a story there. So I didn't understand the disrespect of the writers at all, um, but they got their deal. They just got their deal. Nah, and the actors. Shout out for that. Yep. <laughs> Shout out. Congratulations. Yeah. Still on strike. The actors are still on strike. Yeah. Um, but say that again. That's important. So people need to understand. The writers, the writers got are their coming to a point where they're going to have their deal. We're very happy yep, for that. Where they can officially go back to work. Yeah. But the actors, yep. the actors are still, are still on, strike. on strike. So that leads to yep. my, my point, my next question here, because you mentioned the kind of the what's similar between you know, the, the, these, all these strikes, in particular, in particular the actor strike, um, and then the, obviously the march to end fossil fuels and that they are in common because of greed and the extractive nature mm-hmm. of the industry. Mm-hmm. But this is the thing. So I know that, and applaud, let me be very clear, I want to say this correctly, I applaud, for instance, Greta Thunberg and all mm-hmm. of the young people for the climate strikes. Mm-hmm. I applaud that. And what they're striking for is for our lives. They're saying that these governments, these corporations are taking away our life. So literally, that's the most important thing. There is no job without your life. So so that's that's critical. But so but I true. think though, there's sometimes there's a connection missing because it seems like for these nurses, for those who are the auto workers airline, postal workers, actors, it seems like y'all are fighting literally to live now. Like, you don't have the money. So is there a disconnect? Yeah. Is it just, uh, is it the same thing? I think people need to, people People sometimes see those strikes, the climate strikes, and don't think it's as, as urgent, which it is. I don't want you to answer that question, because it is urgent. But sometimes I think they're saying that, but what about people who can't put food on the table now. The table. How does how yes. does that connect? So <laughs> corporate greed, like the 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 fossil fuel industry is making multiple billions and billions and billions of dollars. And they're getting tax cuts, which is to me like if you're making billions, 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 billions of profit, you should be able to pay some taxes. Mm. Whereas the average person who's struggling to put food on the table is expected to pay quite a bit of that in taxes. And that is what's happening in all of the other industries we're talking about. Meanwhile, a few executives, a handful of executives are making so much money, hundreds of millions of dollars a year, that they don't want to share any of those profits with the people who make the content that makes their job even necessary. Now, the the fossil fuel industry doesn't want to cut ties with their profits. Mm. It's really about people not wanting to cut ties with their profits and the, the people who are, that are being affected by that not wanting to cut the ties with 
they don't care about that, whether it's literally their life, like existence on planet, like they don't care if they have cancer, they don't care. Like the fossil fuel industry is is spreading misinformation, totally ignoring the fact that they're causing people to literally die. Like not like figuratively, like literally die. Mm. Hollywood's not necessarily causing people to literally die, but you can't make a living wage. You can't, you know, pay your bills and and be comfortable. Like stress kills you as well. Like stress is a killer. So if you're struggling to make a living wage, then yeah, in a sense, at some point that is going to catch up with you and it is going to shorten your lifespan. So all of these things are connected on a life and death level, some more immediate than others and some more like obvious than others. Mm-hmm. But it's about profits over people mm. is the core foundation of the issue. Because if some folks weren't so concerned so concerned with so much profit, then they would change their business model to be something that isn't going to kill people. And if these other side of things were more concerned about the people that are actually doing the work, then they would they would split some of their profits and make sure they're good. Like, take let's take care of the people who are making the content. Let's let let's take care of them. Mm. <laughs> let's make sure they're good yeah. so they can keep doing what we need to do so that we can keep our yachts and stuff. Like, we're not asking for yachts. 26 to 89% of actors are not saying we need yachts. We just want health insurance. That's real. Like, poverty, like, people making minimum wage. But, but, but y'all may, more y'all may need a yacht with this climate crisis, so you know, y'all may need to pull up. Look, y'all may need to pull up some of y'all some of those money, because the way the sea levels is rising, y'all may, y'all may oh need a couple of yachts. God. We may need, we may we we may we may need that. Listen, we are talking with Look, the phenomenal a group of people who are prepared uh, listen, for that flood. They got their oh super man. yachts ready to well, go. You know, <laughs> well, th- listen, that is the problem in itself. And so we we are here talking with Anthony Smith. You just she just told you how we were. We were literally she was not only on strike, which she is on strike now, but then she was able to go to the march to end fossil fuels. And then in that to interview. So I want to take the time now to bring in some more of those interviews from Anthony Smith on the streets of New York City at the March to End Fossil Fuels and talking hey. with activists and leaders out there. Tell us who you are and who you're here with. So I'm Rochetta Sibley Ozan. I am here with the Gulf Coast. Um, we are the Permian Gulf Coast Coalition. I am the founder, director, and CEO of the Vessel Project of Louisiana, and I'm also the fossil finance coordinator for Texas Campaign for the Environment. Hey, that's amazing. So what do you hope to get out of this March and out of Climate Week as a whole? So I'm here to urge President Biden to declare a climate emergency. We are obviously in the climate emergency. We're living it every day. We're seeing record-breaking hurricanes, record-breaking wildfires, and other climate-induced disasters. President Biden needs to recognize what's going on, declare a climate emergency, and expedite funding to communities that are overburdened by these disasters so that they can rebuild and become more resilient and more efficient and sustainable and to get away from fossil fuels. Yes, yes, and yes. What is next for you after the march is over? After after this week is over? After this week is over, I'm going to go home to my six children and I'm going to hide away. (laughs) But no, seriously, I'm a single mom of six and I'm always busy with my children. So I'm excited to just go home and get to go to one of my son's college football games. Oh, amazing, amazing. Is there anything else you want to tell us? I just want to say that I'm so grateful and thankful for all of the people here because last year we probably had 1% of the amount of frontline leaders that are here. And this year we have thousands and thousands of people who have come from so many different places because the time is now. Enough is enough. President Biden has to get on board or we will vote him out of office. Hey, come on now. Come on. Hi, so tell us who you are and who you're with. My name's Nathan Phillips. I'm from the Omaha Nation of Nebraska and Iowa, and I'm the uh, interim director for Native Youth Alliance. Amazing, amazing. What led you to become a climate activist? I don't 
think there was a thing that led me to it other than I was, uh, I guess, born into it. My family, uh, my mother was taken away, put into uh, boarding schools. I was taken away when I was five, put into foster care. And when I came back home, uh, when I was uh, 21, the idea of uh, living um, just a selfish life was all about, that's what I was all about for a long time. I sobered up 38 years ago. Amazing. Thank you. And what happened was, is that, I mean, I was okay, but I wasn't happy. I mean, I had money in my pocket every day. I wanted to spend money. I had money. But what was what I was witnessing, what I was seeing, the things that I was spending money on was just piling up, piling up. And even though I'm just one individual, it just seemed like a big pile of trash. And, and I just couldn't drink it away, the problems anymore. You know, they were both emotional, spiritual, mm-hmm. and physical problems. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> once I let the, the alcohol go and quit taking over me, I was able to see my environment, see what was happening. And it was like an awareness of a need to do something for the generations yet to come. Mm. You know, um, I'm grateful that, I, that I'm 38 years sober and I'm grateful that I'm here at the climate mark. Yes. And I would just say that we we must together collectively do something to ensure a future for our generations yet to come. Yes. Our indigenous people, we've always said to look seven generations down the road. You know, what we do here today affects that seven generations. That again was Anthony Smith, who I'm just blown away by. I mean, not only is she on the picket line, literally, um, not only is she out there fighting for um, our planet and our communities, but literally she had time for us um, here to go out there and get a few interviews. And so we are mm-hmm. we are so grateful, um, Anthony, for just who you are and, and what you're doing. And I guess for me that leads, you know, we, we need more archivists like you. Um, so recently, you know, um, Amanda Seals and Kendrick Sampson joined Hip Hop Caucus to stop Cop City. We got to do that. Um, we have seen artists like SZA, who has been advocating for climate and environmental justice. Um, her collaboration with, 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 the, with the tea company is actively mm-hmm. combating urban heat islands with tree planting. Um, so, so mm-hmm. much. We're, we're seeing it, right? Obviously, our own, our very own Dawn Richard is working now within the actual organization. And hopefully, Anthony, you'll be back with Caucus as well, doing some of that work. Um, so my question really is, do you see artists doing more of this um, because of what we're going through and from democracy and climate? Yes. So I saw the biggest I guess you could say influx of artists during the 2020 George Floyd moment. That to me made almost all celebrities activists Mm. in like two seconds. I felt like everybody was out marching. Everybody was posting and, and turning their pictures black and, you know, really united across the world even there was i saw actors in london and all other kinds of countries that were outside marching on behalf of what was going on in our country um and so i haven't seen as many of them on this issue mm. um i think a lot of them have have stayed on the black lives matter police brutality issue it could be because they're not all aware yet of this particular issue. Now we do have our we have our yeah. fair share. Okay. We do have a few. You know, we have our green superhero Mark Buffalo, yeah. and we got you know Leo DiCaprio does a lot for the oceans and things. And but but you talking about you talking about Black Hollywood here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, honestly, for our issue, which is predominantly our community. I don't see a whole, it's not, it's not as, uh, that list is a lot shorter. Mm. That list is a lot shorter in this movement. We have to fix that. Mm. That is hashtag goals. 
it is it's mostly affecting our community there's no it, it, there's it, it's crazy that there's not more of us on the issue i i love SZA even more now finding out um about her artivism um she's jersey a girls. fellow jersey, jersey girl making it happen yes yes love it and she's an incredible singer songwriter and um her show super dope um in Baltimore. yeah no yes, she's, with she, she's amazing i mean you know She's yeah, just yeah. we and we want to show it because we want we want more artists to do that right, yeah, and that's important. So that's, that leads to my so and I'm this 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 right here. So to those who are listening, this is the part of the conversation where I just I'm already excited, pumped up about what we need to do in this kind because I actually believe that production is an is the next demonstration. I believe yes. creation is the next demonstration. So when you mentioned earlier yeah. how you were asking the question, you said, man, you know, what's, is there a reason why it's shrinking? And, and I think it's because we need to be better storytellers. I think that, mm. I think that, you know, you can preach to the choir for, for so long. And I, and I think you have to right. broaden the movement. If you keep preaching to the same people and, and in the same way, you won't, you won't, you won't broaden that. So I actually think, I think this conversation we're having now Having and this is for me talking to all those who the funders and donors in this space. I think that you know you have done a great job of of funding this work, but now it's time to fund the storytellers and to fund the narrative. Uh, we are literally yes. in this movement. We're putting out sometimes over a billion dollars, if not more, a year um, around advocating to fix the climate crisis. But I believe that this is it. So I'm this, that's my little soapbox. But I do want to say this. I think that having Anthony and all these creatives, particularly for people of color, BIPOC, young people, um, I think it's critical. And so I think it's important. So I will say this. I mean, shout out to Hip Hop Caucus, who's been leading on this. Shout out to Dream Hampton, who's working with Hip Hop Caucus and literally are creating mm -hmm. documentaries and other productions whose narratives are at the intersection of Black lives and the climate crisis. So my question for you, Anthony, is this. How important is this for Black Hollywood and other creators? Let's, let's talk brass tacks. How important would it be for the climate movement to really, I mean, really, not, not, not piecemeal, but to really like invest in narrative and storytelling in a way in which is creating content? What's needed to get them there? Honestly, I think back to that moment y'all sat me down and and connected what's really going on with my actual life at the time. Like, let, like showing me very clearly and scarily even how it wasn't this thing that was so irrelevant to me. It was right here, my life that I've been living, that I've been things that I, I've been going through, things that my family have been going through. The connection there, mm. um, it's, it, it, be, it becomes more of a like a, oh, 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 it, it, affecting my, my current existence and my future, my family, my loved ones, my community. When you, when you make it, that connection, um, that connection isn't being made. Like it's not being made on the news. It's not. It's not being made in in a very loud way. The loud way that we are hearing about it, half the country thinks it's a hoax. Hoax in general, right? And then there's another whole group of people who just think it doesn't. It's not really going to affect them. It's not really something that I should care about. And if they really knew, if they only knew, that it was something that was going to that was already, not just going to, already affecting them and their loved ones. And that it was potentially going to even be much worse than what they could imagine. Because a lot of people have asthma and they don't realize that the cause of it is environmental. A lot of people have cancer and they don't realize it's environmental because their doctor may have told them it's hereditary, but all their neighbors have it too. And they don't even realize it. So People, they, it's just a lack of knowledge, I think. And that's why the content, the making of that media and the, the sending the message in a way, in so many different ways. Mm. What we don't have a lot of is a lot of movies mm. that cover it. We don't have a lot of TV shows that cover it. We don't have a lot of comedy specials. We got one 
that I know of right. called Angel Mama's Heat Wave that covers it in Norfolk, Virginia, where people's, you know, people of color's community is flooding when it's not even raining. And they didn't even realize that they didn't. They came to the show, Rev, and learned that the reason why their communities were flooding was connected to climate change. A lot of them didn't even yeah. know that. Shout out to Anthony Smith, who is the executive producer for uh, mm-hmm. the Climate Comedy Special. Uh, Documentary, yes. but still climate comedy special. Ancient yes. Mama's Heat Wave. Different kind of documentary. Yeah. We got to switch it up. Yeah. Well, on that note, let me ask you a question. So you, I guess you're leading, you're talking about scripted stories and maybe plays on Broadways, whatever, right? You, mm-hmm. That's what you're leading to. Art, physical, paintings, paintings. sculptures, well, everything. So creativity. My question would be, do you think Hollywood would be interested in these types of productions? And could they be successful? Yeah. Hollywood is interested in anything that's going to make money. And they are supportive of anything they think is going to make money. Um, what, what, what you see not happening a lot is because they tried it. They gave it a little, they threw a little dart. And maybe that project with a bunch of black women didn't do great. So they don't want to have any more. You go a long time before you see another movie with a bunch of black women as the leads. Or, you know, older women, they'll do an older woman movie that throw a shot at the wall. Oh, if it don't, if it ain't like top at the box office, then you won't see a movie with a bunch of older women leading. It's that kind of stuff. Or just black people in general or certain other ethnic groups. They they will chase anything that seems viable at the moment. Even if they tried it before and it didn't do well, it'll be like, oh, that doesn't work. And then if, it, if somebody tries it again and it works, oh, now here we got to do it all the time. So they're fickle in that way. Um, and it all has to do with the box office numbers and, 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 and profits. Mm. And so we had like an Aaron Brockovich movie. Julia Roberts got an Oscar for it. Um, and then maybe they tried another couple of little projects about stuff like that, and it may not have done as well. And then it's like, okay, well, no more projects about that stuff, guys, because it's not selling. And I honestly think if a project is done well, where everybody's like bringing their A game because it's something so important, I think, honestly, I think it'll do well because the passion and everybody bringing their A game will make it a great project. And not just a climate project, not just an environmental project, but a great project. No. You know what I'm saying? It has to also be a great project. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just going to make sure people know that with that they check out Good Energy Stories. That's, that is a collective of some, someone, Anna Jane Joyner, who is, who is working to ensure that we have climate in stories. But go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I wanted to make sure you... Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, I want to make sure they just yeah. put that in there. And and actually, and it is like when you mentioned about putting people putting their all. Why do you think they would put their all into this? I mean, obviously they would do good regardless. So to be clear, they would do amazing. Right? They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna, you know, they're, they're, gonna, gonna, they're gonna, gonna act. They're gonna write. Yeah, right. They're gonna learn their lines and do their thing. But it's a little different when you're when you know the gravity of what mm. you're talking about in yeah, something. Wow. When you're doing this kind of project that you are no, that you know could bring so many more people to this issue and mobilize people in a way that we desperately need because it's, it's an all, all hands on deck moment. We need everybody on board doing all the different things, whether it's posting on their social media, talking to their friends and family, talk, you know, coming to town halls, putting together stuff in their community or just creating their own content, like just doing stuff for their communities. Like we need everybody doing something. Voting. We need people voting. I mean, <laughs> Lord, we need them voting. So um, for all the elections, even the little small ones in their community, all of them, they all matter. Um, and so we need everybody. We need everybody m- moving on this. and. So that therefore we need, an, uh, sometimes people got to hear a certain thing a, a few times. Like it took y'all sitting me down one time and being like, no, this is actually what's happening. And I was like, oh Lord, I'm in the movement. What if, what else can I do? I'm with you guys. Where are we going? Okay, Tor, what are we doing? What else are we doing? Where, where, where are we? Oh, Paris. Okay, what, where are we going now? But some people are going to hear it, have already heard it a little bit. And might need to hear it a couple more times yeah. or might need to be sat down and actually like, listen, man, this is this 
did you realize that th- that your neighborhood has an incinerator in it, or did you know that your your mom is is next to like this old landfill, and, and that's probably why blah blah blah. Like people sometimes need to ha- to just really have it spelled out like a, like a five year old to them. So I just got really just got one more. First of all, thank you for just again being you, um, and thank you for. Um, doing this. We have enjoyed listening to these interviews Mm -hmm. um, that you you allowed us to hear on the streets. And so folks to know that that was, that was literally in the streets. If you heard some background noise, you heard some, some, some cabs honking. Yeah, that was Anthony. (laughs) On the streets. That was Anthony (laughs) Smith interviewing folks in the streets marching sometimes in the streets mm. of, of New York. So thank you for that. Thank you. We support you. We are um, praying and hopeful that your strike your strike, is over soon. Uh, shout out to mm-hmm. the writers. Strike. We hope your strike is over soon. Um, and thank you for all that you've done. Um, I just have just one last question. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, um, yeah, it's a little deep. It's a little deep, right? Okay. It's a little something-something. Um, so I want you, I know how much you love your sister. You have a beautiful little sister, Antonia. My whole world. She's my whole world. Yeah. I need you to talk to her and tell her, what is your vision of the future you're fighting for? How do you stay grounded? Tell her, tell her how much she means to you and what Mm. this means to you and pin us that picture. So Antonia is my little sister. She's 32, but she's special needs. So she is literally like a baby. And just think about a person who has a baby right now. Like they want to protect this world so that when that baby grows up, it has clean air. It has clean water. It's not underwater. It's not drowned. It's not burnt up. It's not so hot because there's no trees in the area or just all the different things that are happening in very, very much more often now in so many communities. Like, you want to protect your kids from that. So I don't have children, but she's the closest thing that I would... I mean, I can't imagine having children and loving it more than my sister. My sister is my whole world. Like, I adore her. And I want her to be healthy. She can't be healthy when there's no clean air and clean water. Um, She can't be healthy if, if... uh, some massive flooding from another super, super duper storm comes through and just washes the community away. She can't be healthy if fires, not just fires in the neighborhood, but fires from Canada. Mm. Oh my God. She has a lung condition. She had to stay in and wear a mask in the house. Mm. When the Canada fires made the, 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 the sky yellow, it looked like the apocalypse. Fire from Canada. Canada is not close to New Jersey, guys. Just FYI, if you look at the map, it's not close. And the skies, Broadway had to shut their their, their shows down mm. during that time. The skies were yellow. Like, it looked crazy. And that is not a healthy environment for not just my sister and her lung condition, but for anybody. And this is the stuff we're dealing with. And the future that I have a vision for is one where people can live healthy, happy, vibrant lives. Because what else are we here for? If we're going to be here miserable, struggling, that is not, I don't think that's why we came here. That is not why we were born to do that. And, And so I'm fighting not just for people's existence in the future, yes, for sure. Because if, if Mother Nature, look, she will be fine. It's, it, people are like, you know, everybody's just concerned about Mother Nature. Yeah, but she's going to be good. She will boot us off this planet just like the dinosaurs. There ain't no dinosaurs. When the last time y'all seen a dinosaur? They're gone, right? We will be gone just like the dinosaurs and Mother Nature will be fine. She will keep spinning and something else will go on here and it won't be us. Mm. That is not what we want. Mm-mm. We want to be here and be happy and healthy. We want to just feel good. Like, that's how we should all feel. We shouldn't be struggling. We shouldn't be afraid of, you know, am I going to get some terminal illness because of the quality of my environment? That's not fair. It's not fair. We should all have an opportunity. I mean, isn't the pursuit of happiness like part of the, like, rules of the country that we, that the founders, whatever. It is life, liberty, like, and pursuit of like happiness. A, That's it. Right, it is. Right. 
well, there's a lot of stuff structurally in the way of the pursuit of happiness in this country. So I just think, yeah, my vision for the future is happy, healthy people. Oh, that, that's happy, healthy people, man. Mm. That is what we, that is what my vision for the future is. Happy, healthy human beings everywhere. And the, and the path that we're on, that is not the path that we're on right now. We are so far from happy, healthy human beings. A small amount of people are happy and healthy because they have the resources that other people don't have. Mm. It's not cool. It's not fair. And that is why I'm fighting. That is what I'm fighting for. Happy, healthy people. Mm. Thank you for that. How can people follow and support you? Uh, I'm everywhere. On Instagram, on Twitter, or X, whatever. Um, now mentions Facebook. Oh, I'm on all of them. At Antonique Smith. Just my name. At Antonique Smith. And it's really me on there, y'all. And I'll be like, you know, engaging because I love people. And um, yeah. Well, you tell yeah, Antonia, I think her big sister is pretty amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I must say, she thinks so too. She's um, I, she's my biggest fan. Like so, we so we we in the club. Now. We got the club going. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much. And that's our guest today: artist, actress, activist, Anthony Love Smith. Y'all. And I am Thank Rev Yearwood, your host yeah. of the Coolest Show. Thank you, Anthony. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at. Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a non-profit project. Thank you for listening and all power to the It's the coolest show you know. It's the coolest show you know.